0: Welcome to the Liberty Podcast with your host, Pastor Robert Maxey, Senior Pastor of Liberty Church of Baton Rouge. It's our prayer that this podcast should be life-changing for you and that you will share it with someone else. Now, here's Pastor Rob. Man, I'm going to be coming from the book of Genesis. We're going into our, our new series on intimacy. It's, it's February. Come by. Somebody say the love month. I, got, I can go deep on you. Yeah, love. When I first dated Naminka, I was like, hey, baby. <laughs> My name's <is> Robert. <laughs> All right? She used to love it. She used to love it. Now she's like, well, go sit yourself down somewhere. I'm sleepy. Okay, so we come from Genesis 3, chapter 6, verse through 11. And it says, So when the woman saw the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. God, among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? Father God, we just thank you for your word tonight. We say, Lord, open our hearts and our minds to hear what the Spirit has to say tonight. We love you, God, and we just wait in anticipation of what the Spirit is getting ready to do. In your son Jesus' name, amen, amen. I can't wait to go to heaven. You know, I'm going to just, when I I go to heaven, I'm going to look for Adam and Eve. I'm not going to say nothing to them. I'm just going to look at them like... I'm going to shake my head like y'all are crackish, like seriously. <laughs> I'm not going to say nothing. I'm just going to look at them because b- from what they did, they just messed us all up, right? They just messed us all up. They, were, they had a great, a great thing going on. They were in the garden. They eating fruits, watching animals sitting under fruit trees, bucket naked. <laughs> you can't get no better than that. Come on you can't get no better than that. They were naked and unashamed. Somebody need to go back there in their mind. Naked and unashamed. They had an intimate relationship with God. Intimacy is defined as a close, familiar, and usually affectionate or loving personal relationship with another person or group. A close association with or detailed knowledge or deep understanding. They the, A person that has a a good relationship, but an intimate relationship, knows the other person. I, I know what Aminga likes. You know what I mean? I know what not to do. I know what upsets her because we have an intimate relationship. We are able to, to talk to each other, and, and I can touch her heart because I have an intimate relationship with her. I know her pain. I know her struggle. I know what she's gone through in life. And that's the kind of relationship God wants to have with you. He wants to be able to touch those deep places in you. He wants you to have a knowledge of Him, and He has a knowledge of you. Daniel 11, chapter 32nd, verse says, Those who do wickedly against the covenant, He shall corrupt with flattery, flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out exploits. Know means to indicate to have a close, warm, and even passionate, intimate relationship. That, that when you know God, you know that He has the best for you, that He wants the best for you, that no matter what you've gone through in life, no matter the problems and the situations and sins and even the stuff that we've came from, that He loves us and He cares for us because we know our God. We know our God, and that gives us, it pumps us up. That makes me walk around with my head held high because I know that I'm not walking alone. I'm walking with my God. I can walk in a building, I can walk in in a building to interview for the job with my head held high, knowing that it doesn't matter what my circumstances were. It don't matter what I came from. God, if God wants me to have the job, he's going to give it to me. I don't care who sits behind the desk because I know my God. After creating man, God says it's not good for man to be alone. So he hooks him up with Eve. He said he got to hook up. And he places them both in the garden, bucket naked. Me personally, I'm not that good. I'm not that cool on being naked. Like seriously, you know, I know I look good and everything, but I still have my issues with nakedcy. That's a word. You know, when I first got married, Amiga didn't see me naked for probably the first year. And so one day she just busts in the bathroom like, okay, let's see it. Because I was, I just was ashamed. I had shame on my life. I, I never was a type of person that would expose myself. And I'm talking about like physically, but I'm also talking about mentally and emotionally. I, I have a problem being exposed. Something that a lot of us go through. And, and I struggle with all kinds of issues. I struggle with depression. I struggle with not thinking that I'm good enough. I struggle with all these things. But I don't want you to know that. I don't want you to know that really I'm just as broken as the next person. That on the inside I'm unsure of myself, that I might walk around and I look really sure, but I I have these issues that I don't believe that I'm any good. I don't know if I'm, if, you, if you guys are feeling me on this. I have deep issues and I have a hard time exposing myself. My father, on his deathbed, was blind from the tumor that sat behind his eye. I flew home from Maine and I walked in to see him. And my mom says, she says, your son is here. Your son is here. And I'm waiting for my father to look up at me because I know that time is is getting short for him and I'm waiting to talk to him. And the first words that come out of his mouth and the last words that my father ever said to me was, I don't have a son. These are hard for me to deal with because I felt like Esau sitting at the bed of Isaac saying, Would you just bless me? Would you bless me? I just need a blessing. I need a blessing from my father, the man who was who, who so big. When I was growing up, and so scary that never really gave me a hug, never really said I love you. That that was so mean. And here he is, dying and all I'm doing is begging for you to just bless me. And and he he was dying from cancer, blind and unable to see and Losing his mind. He wasn't even in his right mind. And everyone says he doesn't know what he's saying. He doesn't know what he's saying. And, and I may have a head knowledge of him not knowing what he's saying. But in my heart, in my heart, the last words from my father was, I don't have a son. And I've walked around damaged. I've walked around with this issue That I've been looking for someone, some man, some leader, someone to say, I bless you. I'm looking for someone to take me by the hand and say, let me lead you. Let me be a father to you. And every time I continue to get hurt. And all I want is for someone to say, I bless you. And the problem is, the problem is many of us are playing hide-and-seek with God, wanting healing, but also wanting to hide our wounds. Hide the scars that we're walking around with, the words that someone said to you, the pain that you still hold, And, and you look good, you dress nice, everyone is giving you a hug because they come to you with their problems, And no one knows in the inside is pain. No one knows in the inside you're dealing with father wounds and mother wounds and things have been said to you. People have spoken curses over you. People have said that you will never amount to anything. They said that you will always be a addict. He's just going to die in his addiction. They have always said these things about you. And you've internalized it. But tonight, we break that in the name of Jesus. We break it in the name of Jesus. I, I, I love to shop. Any shoppers in here? I love to shop, y'all. I'm good at it, too. I'm good at it. If you really want to see how good I am, give me some money, and I'll shop and show you. <laughs> I love to shop. And one of the things I love to do, especially when we were in Maine, I like to shop at thrift stores. Come on, man. Oh, that's my jam right there. That's my jam. I like to shop at Goodwill. That, I'm cool. Because I, I, I have the ability to walk into a thrift store and walk into a Goodwill and see things that other people don't see. Oh, man, I could walk in and people could walk by the same jacket a million times. And I walk by there and, like, what? Because I'm able to see the potential in things even when it's been damaged. Even, even when the, the bottom of the jeans are frayed, I see the rest of the gene. and I say, whoa, come on, man, those jeans are in good shape. I can see, I can see past the damage. I want you to know that we serve a God that sees past the damage, that he sees past the stuff that you think other people see. He looks past it and he says, wow. That That's good right there. That's good right there. I'm going to wear that. He he looks past the damage. I can walk in there, find something, and go right to dealers and find the same thing. I could pay $5 at Goodwill, then go to dealers and same thing there for $80. And I'd rather pay the five. I don't know about y'all because I can see past the damage. The problem is that I, I don't fit clothes very well. I'm awkward built. <laughs> all right. I got a big butt. You know what I mean? I got hips. My mama gave me her hips. I don't know what happened. And, and some of my clothes don't fit well. So in order for me to grab to, those clothes at the thrift store, I have to go get them tailored. But see, that's good because the tailor can, can fix all the damage, right? And fix all the damage. Now, the problem is when I go to the tailor, I have to expose myself. The tailor, the tailor gets intimate. Oh man, she gets intimate. She got to put her arms around your waist. She touching fat. She <laughs> pushing stuff in. She pushing stuff in and try to make sure, because she wants to make sure that whatever she does fits you well. That when she fits that thing to you, man, you're gonna walk out of there and it's gonna look brand new. And, but it's uncomfortable while you're there. She has, to, she has to be allowed to see my damage, my unflattering parts. I um, went on vacation a few months ago, and me and Aminga went on a cruise, and when we went to the beach, we got a massage. And, and I have scars, and I don't like to show them because people get really afraid when they see them or they, or they, uh, they point at them. So I don't show them. And I decided to get this massage, and when I took off my clothes, I took off my shirt, and I laid on the table. I heard her gasp, and I heard her whispering to the other lady that was in the room to come look at the scar. And many of us feel like our scars are exposed, and people are pointing out damage. They don't understand what you've gone through, they don't understand that that scar means that you overcame something. All they see is your damage. All they see is the problem, the circumstance that led you to that scar. The scar. And, and God looks past that. He looks past the scars and he wants to pull you in and have an intimate relationship with you. But you don't want him to see the damage either. We don't want him to see the scars as well. So Adam and Eve does something wrong, right? They does something. They they, they, they take of the forbidden fruit. They've caused damage. And now they're in hiding. And God comes into the garden and he asks two questions. The first question is the shortest question in the Torah. Remarkably, God's first question is, It's the shortest question, and it's in Genesis third chapter 9, verse. Adam and Eve have just eaten some fruit from the forbidden tree, and sensing God's presence in the garden, they hid among the trees. While hiding, God asks Adam a question. He says one word. He says, Ikea. In Hebrew, this means, where are you? Where are you? It's a really good question that I think a lot of us need to ask ourselves tonight. Where are you? Where are you in your marriage? What is really the problem? Where are you? Where are you in your finances? What's really the problem? Where are you? Where are you in your relationships? Where are you in your addiction? Where are you? Because you're hiding from the one person that can heal you. Now, understand that what you guys are thinking, because I thought it when I first read it, that's a stupid question. Why would a God that created the universe, why would a God that is omniscient, what is a, why would a God that knows everything ask some, such a question? What do you mean, where am I? That question just doesn't make sense to me when God asked it, because I know that he knows everything. But what I've come to understand is that God did not ask that question for himself. He didn't ask that question because he already knew exactly where Adam was, and he knows exactly where you are. But he's asking the question for you. He's asking the question, Josh, where are you? so you can look inward and ponder this question that is on that he's asking you where am i what am i doing what really is the issue in my life that i'm hiding what am i covering up what is the scar what is the scar the question makes me face reality it makes me look at myself because we have or we had a relationship with him I can imagine the hurt God feels. He's walking in the garden. He walked in the garden in the cool of the day with Adam. They had a relationship. He, he molded him and shaped him in his image. And now he's hiding. Now he's hiding. We have a God that values intimate relationships where he wants to meet me, to have a relationship that holds nothing back and we'll begin to hold things back from him. He wants me to be comfortable being naked in front of him. He wants me to be comfortable exposing myself, the issues in my heart, the problems that I'm going through. He wants me to be comfortable exposing that to Him. That's what we're talking about tonight. How are we going to build this intimate relationship with Him when we've been hiding our entire life? We go to church and hide. We sit in the back row so we can hide. We hide at work. We hide with our families. In the place that we can't hide is from God. can't hide from him. He knows God wants to be intimate with you. He wants to be intimate with you. The Bible Bible tells us that, that he wanted us to be fruitful and multiply. In order for us to be fruitful and multiply, we have to be exposed, right? In order for us to be fruitful and multiply, I have to show them my parts, right? And in order for me to be fruitful and multiply, I have to come to a place where I'm comfortable being exposed. The Bible calls this a great mystery. Out of all the things in the Bible, it calls this one thing a great mystery. Because it says in Ephesians 5, chapter twenty eighth verse, it says, He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it. Just as Christ also does the church. Because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. Say one flesh. One flesh. This mystery is great. But I'm speaking with reference to Christ in the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife even as himself. And the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. In the translation of one flesh, it means to keep close, to cling, to glue. Meaning, I put part of me in you. And God mirrored this intimate relationship between man and woman with himself. He wants to put part of him in you. That no matter what you've gone through, He is in you. We serve a God that longs to be with you. He loves you. And every scar says how much He loves you and cares. I had a glove. I don't think I brought it up here. But there was a glove, right? I'm just going to make believe that this thing over here is a glove. This is a glove, y'all. This glove has no purpose right? It has no purpose because I don't know what to do with it. Now, the glove is made in the image of my hand. It's made in the image of my hand. So in order for the glove to have purpose, I have to take my hand and place it inside the glove. Now the glove has purpose. Now the glove can be used, but many of us are hiding from God, and we are unable to find our purpose because we're hiding. And you can't hide and find purpose at the same time. Now, the problem is, right, the glove can be misused. Like many of us, the glove can be abused. When, 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 when a glove is not taken and done right, it's abused, right? And Miles Monroe says this, he says, Where the intent of a thing is not known, there is bound to be abuse. When when people don't understand your purpose, they're bound to abuse you. When they don't understand what their purpose is, they're bound to be abused. But the glove finds purpose once I put the hand in it. Do y'all feeling me on this? This brings us to our next question that God asks. He says, Who told you you were naked? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you would die like your daddy? Who told you that you would never amount to anything? Who told you these things? Because I'm going to tell you the truth, many of us are living our lives based off what someone said on their deathbed. We are unable to move forward in life because some fool said something to us in his addiction, or in her addiction. Some mother said something while she was hurt. And now we're still living life on things that our mother said 20 years ago. And I'm sitting in my room, a 39-year-old man still crying over the things that my dad said. Still hurt, still wounded. And I need to come to a place, we need to come to a place that we understand our purpose, our purpose. So who told you that you were naked? Somebody scarred you, and now you believe what some sick person has said to you, what someone has said about you. And the devil made the first family believe that God was holding something back from them. He made the first family believe that God didn't have their best interest. So they begin to live life and live and make moves on a lie, understanding that they were walking out of their purpose. Know this, when you walk out of intimacy with God, you walk out of purpose. That is the only time that you can be intimate. That's the only time that the glove makes sense. You let someone tell you what your calling is. You let someone pull, pull you out of your purpose. Someone told you that you were naked. And I hear God saying, whose report will you believe? I called you a daughter. I called you a son. I called you more than a conqueror. But you, you will bypass what God has said and live life of what someone dead and dying said to you. You let the scars make you hide from God. The God who created you. The God who knows everything about you, that wants the best for you. You're hiding from. And there's more to you than what's been said about you. There's more to you than what some mother said. Adam and Eve, they sinned, they fell short, then they grabbed some fig leaves and they put on themselves. The problem with that is fig leaves can't cover you. They can't cover you. Fig leaves are biodegradable. That means that they begin to decompose and break down once they have touched or become exposed to another living thing. Once they get bacteria on them, they begin to rot and fall away. So what you've been using to cover you will never cover you. Sex will never cover you. Drugs will never cover you. The alcohol will never cover you. It's only temporary because first you still got to deal with self. Eventually you're going to have to come back out of that high and back out of that, uh, that drunk and deal with self. And many of us are trying to hide behind something that is meant to die. Instead of living behind something that's living. God walks into the thrift store and he sees Robert and he sees the scars and he sees the torn things on him and he says, I'll take that right there. No, 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 I won't pay $5, I'll pay full price. And God is paying full price for you. He died for you. He died for you because he loves you. And see, we're made in his image, right? We're made in the image of God. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we have been made in that image. We have the the wrapping on this beautiful gift. It's beautiful, isn't it? It's really nice. The wrapping on it is my soul. The container... My body. And and when you go through life, right, people say things to you that, that ruin you. And and they said things that you would never make it or you would never amount to anything, and they begin to cut away at the wrapping. And what was so pretty begins to look torn. They said something that hurt your feelings and your emotions. And your soul has been damaged. And the, the covering, the container could still look good. The container in the inside of this wrapping still looks good. That's why some people can be pretty and ugly at the same time. But they've been damaged. But even in this damage, I understand that, man, it's still not that bad. I still might take it. There's some people that will still take it, right? I'll still take it. The problem is we continue to go through life, and then life continues to damage us. Puts holes in us. Someone has hurt you and I need a new drill, y'all and left scars, they've hurt you and left scars. And many of us are walking around like this box. We wanna hide because we've been scarred. And I don't want anyone to see So I can't be intimate with anyone, not alone, God, that I believe let this happen to me. And I've been cut. I've been damaged. And I don't trust anyone anymore. So there's no need for me to try to have an intimate relationship when this happened to me. This happened to me when I was intimate. This happened to me when I trusted someone. I got damaged. And now I'm walking around like this. But I don't want you to see that I'm hurt. I don't want you to see that I've been burned. I don't want you to know that I've gone through a fire. And it's left so many scars in my life. And I don't know if I can ever be healed from this? Who would want me when I look like this? Who would want me when I've been raped and I've been beaten and I've been hurt? Who would want this, something that looks like this? I don't want to be in a relationship because you'll get to see my scars. And I, and I try again and I just get dumped on. And I've been hurt so bad. But we serve a God that looks past all this. He looks past the scars. He looks past it. Because he says, yeah, I know what happened to the wrapping. I know what happened to it. I saw there and I was with you the whole time. And I know what happened to the container. I'm so sorry that happened to you. But he says, even though it may look like this, I know what I put in you. I know what I put in you. So he begins to open up the damaged parts. And he begins to go in and he says, I know what I put in you. And what I put in you is more precious than the box. It's more precious than the wrapping. It's more precious than the container. I put my word in you. I put my word in you. I put my word in you. And when you get this in you, it doesn't matter what happens to the container. I know what God did. I know what God said about me. I know that I'm raised up. I'm living because of him. And I don't have to live ashamed anymore. I don't have to live hiding because I have His word. And then I know that all things... Work together for the good of those who love me and are called according to my purpose. My purpose, my purpose is to be intimate with him so he can can heal me of my wounds. I've been hurt so bad. But if I never get intimate with him, he can't heal me. That I know that he's a loving father and he's so sorry for the words that were said to me a long time ago. He's so sorry for the words my earthly father said. But he's saying, you are my son and I bless you. I heal you of those wounds if you let me. He's saying, he's saying, it doesn't matter what you've gone through, Casey. It doesn't matter. I've came to heal you. It doesn't matter your scars. It doesn't matter your battle wounds. I came to heal you. And your healing may still leave you with a scar. But I realize that what's in me is greater than he that's in the world.